If God is able, we are able. Welcome to the One Cause Church podcast with Pastor Eric Holler. All right, praise God. Now, I've gathered my composure. Let's take our Bibles and turn to 1 Peter chapter 3 as we are continuing in our third week now on our series on the family. I'm going to, and I've, I've um, I said this the very first week about this series, that I am in no way going to try to be politically correct concerning this, because when you read the Scripture and preach the Scripture, it's impossible to be politically correct. Thank you for your enthusiasm about that. It's just, that's just, a, you're going to get the truth. I'm not up here to be a politician or try to make you feel good. I hope you do feel good, but I'm not here for that. I'm here to get the truth to you. That's my, that's my, that's my calling. That is my duty as a, as a minister of the Word of God to rightly divide the Word of truth. Amen? So I, I, I'm only doing you the right service by bringing the truth to you today. And gentlemen, I'm going to talk to you today. Um, the emphasis is going to be on you. And so I want you to, to buckle your seatbelt and get ready to receive this word. Ladies, it's coming. Don't worry. Your day's coming. This series is nowhere near over. And, uh, but uh, today I, w- I want to target our men. I want to target our fathers, our husbands today. And uh, overall, really, this, the, the, this message is for everyone, but there's going to be an emphasis on the men. Can you receive that, guys? Yeah. All right. First Peter chapter 3, verse 7 says, Husbands, likewise dwell with them with understanding. Now, that's not a joke. <laughs> God is really telling us to dwell with our women with understanding, with our wives with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers may not be hindered. Now, that's an important phrase at the very end of that. He gives us all of this, this, uh, these, these, these directives, these commands and then he says, that your prayers may, it's like he just kind of threw that at the end, that your prayers may not be hindered. Wow. Well, I don't want my prayers hindered. I want my prayers to be fruitful. As a matter of fact, the word here for hindered means rendered fruitless, that your prayers may not be rendered fruitless. So if you're, if, if you're going to pray, how many of you want answers when you pray? Right? You don't want to just go through the motions of saying a prayer. You want that prayer to have impact. You want that prayer to have legs. And that it has, that, that, that there is God listening to your prayer and granting you the requests of your prayer. Can I get a good amen? So you sure don't want to have prayers that are rendered fruitless. Obviously, gentlemen, this shows us however we treat our wives will affect how our prayers are answered. Stings a little, doesn't it? Stings a little bit. Now, you might want to argue with that and, and say, well, that doesn't seem fair. You'd like to think that your relationship with your wife, with your family, really is one thing and your relationship with God is another. But, well, I mean, this really doesn't affect your relationship with God. It affects your prayers. Mm-hmm. You cannot expect to treat your spouse and your children Contrary to God's word, and it not affect your prayer life because it does affect it. Scripture clearly teaches us that we can have prayers that are rendered fruitless if we do not bring honor to the wife. If we do not dwell with her, dwell with her, dwell with her with understanding. Understanding. 
That seems like a tall order, God. Dwell with her with understanding. But the truth is, if he gives us the command, then he gives us the ability. There's understanding. He's going to give us understanding. You're going to get some understanding on how to understand. All right. Some understanding how to understand today. And this is important. I want my prayers to be unhindered. I want them to be uninhibited. I want my prayers to be fruitful. And I understand, and I, I, by looking at this verse of Scripture, it has everything to do with how I treat this woman. Now, like it or not, that's the truth. Like it or not, that is the way it is. Amen. Can you accept that today? Now, I want to just give you some, the, some of the key words in this verse. Number one are understanding. Number two are honor. Weaker vessel. Heirs together the grace of life. And the word hindered, which we just looked over. Understanding. Now, I want to give you, I'm going to break down some of these words for you to give you some understanding. The word understanding here, I think the King James Version might say knowledge. Dwell with them according to knowledge. It means practical knowledge. That's the first definition of understanding. Practical knowledge. That's why I'm going to give you a practical message today, all right? It's practical knowledge, right? Uh, it's, it's something like this, all right? You, now that you, you're living with your wife, now you have to, I mean, you're married to her, and now you got to live with her. Now you have to understand. You have to dwell with her and understand her. Hmm. Dwell with her with understanding or practical knowledge. That is... If you know that it's going to make her upset, don't do it. Is that practical enough? If you know it's going to tick her off, don't do it. I have to admit today, I'm working on that one. Another word, another meaning of the word understanding here, practical knowledge, is care and caution. That is, you treat your relationship carefully and cautiously, and that really has a lot to do with what you're about to let come out of your mouth. What you're about to say can really make things good or go terribly bad. Can I get a good amen, gentlemen? Think about what you're going to do. Be careful, be cautious. And this does not mean that you live your life and live with her like you're walking in a minefield, waiting for any, the wrong step and everything just blows up. It means that you're leading the home, gentlemen. Right. And it means that you have a responsibility to examine and to weigh how you're treating your marriage. You are setting the tone for the home. Yes. Welcome to manhood. Another definition of this is good judgment of understanding. Dwell with them with good judgment. Think about how often you compliment compared to how often you complain. How often you gripe compared to how often you grin. Do you help out around the house more than talk about how dirty the house is? So if negativity is the tone for your home, don't expect her to be ready to rock and roll when the lights go out. Use good judgment. Another meaning of this word understanding that we see is wisdom in looking ahead. 
Wisdom and looking ahead. That, that you're not just living for the moment, that you're, you've got your family in a future scope. All right? You're looking, you're understanding that the decisions that I make right now, what are they going to look like five years from now? What is this purchase? Where is it going to take us? Man, I've learned that lesson the hard way. I, Heather mentioned one time that she wanted one of those new Jeep commanders when they first came out. This would have been an 04, somewhere around there, maybe 05, I don't remember exactly. And I, I was determined I was going to go get it for her. And so I took my friend Scott Boney because he supposedly can wheel and deal. Um, he's, he's, he touts himself as a negotiator. Yeah, maybe he's better today, but that, that day was not a good day for us. As we sat at the dealership and, and, and decided that I, I was, I was going to walk away with that vehicle, right? And so at the, I was so living for the moment because I just wanted to see a smile on her face and her go, oh, you bought this for me. This is great. Not thinking that the payments were going to be astronomical and, and work against us down the road. Just thinking, that's what she wants. That's why I want to get her, right? You guys don't look at me like that, like you, like you don't know what I'm talking about. So, so we're there, and Scott Boney, I just kind of let him do it, you know. I'm, I, I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. So uh, I knew that not to even mess with that. And so Scott's wheeling and dealing, and, and the negotiation process is going, it's not going well f- for me. And, but finally, I just settled. I just settled. I said, I'll do it. I'm just going to take it. This is, where do I sign this stinking thing? We've been there for two or three hours. I don't remember how long. I was just ready to get out of the dealership. But I was determined I was going to take that. I was so stubborn, I was going to take that car. And so we got it, and I brought it home, and I thought that she was going to be elated when, in fact, she was <clears throat> deflated. Especially when she found out how much it's going to be, what the payments were. And that stinking vehicle cost us more money than anything I've ever paid for in my life. She had two wreck, three wrecks in it. How many wrecks did you have in that car? Right, no appreciation for this car at all. Just <laughs> slamming it into stuff, you know. Only one was her fault, she claims. One out of the three wrecks was her fault. But anyway, I'm, it just was like, it was just like, just going from bad to worse all the time. And if I would have just taken a moment right here and used wisdom and looking ahead, that would never have happened. And you have to consider your family, consider your wife, consider your children, consider what is going on. Where is your life going to be after this decision? Where is this taking you? Is this taking you in the direction that God has called you to go? Is it taking you in the direction where there is peace and there is fulfillment and there is joy and there is excitement? Or is this leading you down a path that's going to put you in chains? God is telling us here, look ahead. And the last the last little meaning of this word understand, it's a big word, is common sense. How about some common sense? You know, I found today that common sense really isn't all that common anymore. Amen. Now, dwell with her with understanding. That is with, with common sense, with wisdom and looking ahead, good judgment, care, caution, understanding. Is this helping you guys? All right. So now, The other thing it says, dwell with her with understanding, and then what does it say the next thing? Giving honor to the wife. Giving honor. And this word honor means respect and esteem. Do you respect and esteem your wife? And wives, do you give them reason to respect and esteem you? Because here's the thing. 
Respect is given, but it's also earned. Amen? Boy, 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 boy. Respect and esteem. We could sit on that one for a while, but I'm not going to because we have to keep moving. And it says, as to the weaker vessel. Now, not, you guys didn't have to come to church here today to hear this, this part of the message so you could look at, tell your wife, you know, yeah, you're definitely weaker than me. Right? We know that to be true. We know that the woman is the weaker vessel. I mean, the, the, this, this word in definition means recognizing that she lacks some of the same physical abilities that you do. All right? So big deal, right? Now, there, that, what that means is there are things that she needs you to do besides flex your muscles all the time, which, well, we're working on that one too, aren't we, honey? But it, there are things that, that you can do that your wife cannot do, Right? But what, what is this really about? This, is, this isn't about you touting how weak she is. This is about you understanding that you are in partnership together and that you're going to dwell with her with understanding, with honor, as with the weaker vessel. You're going to understand that there are things that you can do that she can't do, but there are also things that she can do that you can't do. Yeah. Amen. And, and I'm not talking about lifting heavy stuff. I'm just talking about the management of life. This is about partnership. God's plan is for the two of you, remember, to become what? One. Recognize that your wife has abilities that you don't have, and you have abilities that she doesn't have. I mean, there are things that you're good at that she's not, and there are things, things that she is good at that you're not. But you have to learn how to make those things work together. There's just no sense in trying to carry on trying to prove that you can do things better when you can't. And if you're going to stay married for a long time, and if you want to have a good, prosperous, happy, fulfilling marriage, then, then get in line with the abilities that God gave each of you. Appreciate the differences and embrace one another's strengths. Can I get a good amen this morning? I found out a long time ago that my wife takes way better care of the details than I do. It's night and day difference. Amen. She's a planner. I'm not. She's an organizer. I'm not. She's a multitasker. Drives me nuts. <laughs> I can't have my wife, and maybe some of you guys can agree with here today. I, mean, I don't know. The cell phone thing is, it's a blessing, a blessing. and a curse, which we call a blursing. <laughs> it is the good, the bad, and the ugly. But she loves these games. She plays these games. Words with friends and Scrabble and what else do you play? I don't know. What is, she's always playing word games. She's always making her brain get smarter. I guess maybe I could take a lesson. But she does that. And we'll watch TV, right? Like we want to watch a show together. And she's got that phone. I'm like, honey, you, you got to watch the show. You got to watch the show. I, I can do that. I'm like, you cannot see the TV if you're looking down at that little screen. You can't, I, don't worry about it. I can do that. Does anybody else know what I'm talking about here? Am I the only perk guy that's deal, that deals with this, right? And I'm like, just watch the TV. It's not going to kill you. Just, but she's like, I can do both, right? And, I, and there'll be something cool happen. I, I look over and her face down. I said, you missed it. She's like, what? I didn't miss anything. I'm like, back it up. Anyway, <laughs> but she actually is pretty good at multitasking. But that's something I don't understand. I, I can't get that. But that's something that she just flows in naturally. She can do several things at once. You know, and she can just, and, and if we're going to sit down and watch 
um, a, a, a movie or something, then she almost immediately gets up and goes to the dishes. I'm like, what are you doing? I can watch it from here. Clang, 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 clang. I can't watch the movie like that. Can you just come and sit down? Right? But she's moving all the time. She's, she don't, to me, I don't think she knows how to relax, right? But that's how she flows. That's just the flow of her life. That's what she's good at. She's, it's just how she flows. And I, 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 I'm, I don't fight it near as much as I used to. Once in a while, I got to rib her a little bit. But, but I learned this is who she is. I'm trying to change her nature and, and understand, not, not embracing that strength rather than just seeing it only as a weakness. It's because it's not like me. Listen, this will save you useless fights and, and arguments. Do what it takes to empower your partnership. Let your roles be defined by the God-given abilities put in you. And listen, don't let the world define how that works because the world's goofed up, all right? A lot of the times, uh, neither of you want to uh, share the power. There, that's, that's, there's a power struggle t- at times in your lives, and, right? Now, it's not just the guy. It's the woman, too. I don't need no man helping me, right? Yeah, you do. You can't do everything, right? If you don't need no man helping you, then stay single. Don't get married. Amen. Work the partnership. Let the responsibility be defined by the ability. Now, because here's the thing. The marriages that, that make it, the marriages that last years and years and years and years and years, that raise their kids and they still stay happy even after all the kids move out of the house. That overcome, the ones that last long are husbands and wives that give grace to one another. Listen, give grace. Give your spouse grace. Give her a break. All right? And husbands or wives, give your husband a break. Give grace. Err on the side of grace. When you have the opportunity to nitpick, when you have the opportunity to, to, to have a, start a screaming match, when you have the opportunity to point out a fault, point out a... Give grace. Just for just a moment, remember what God has done for you. Right? Just give grace. Don't forget grace isn't earned. Well, I will see what she does, then I'll give her grace. No, that's not grace. Grace is given. It's just given. It's just given. Are you hearing me? It's undeserved, unmerited, unearned. Thank you, Candace. I'm so glad you're with me here today. All right, now take, take your Bible and turn over to Ephesians 5. There's no way I'm going to get through all this today. That's, that's okay. Unless you guys just want to hang out till about 1 o'clock. Yeah. No takers. All right. All right, let's, <laughs> let's go over to a place where political correctness is going to get trampled all underfoot. Let's, let's just go for it. How about it, huh? God does not bring bondage. God brings liberty. Just by the way, we're going to look at the scripture, and I want you to understand how liberate the Bible, the word of God is liberating. Ephesians 5.25, husbands, love your wives. Now listen to this. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. That is an extraordinary verse of scripture. Ephesians 5.25, husbands, love your wives just as. As Christ also loved the church and gave himself a... Gentlemen, watch what your love... This is amazing to me. Watch what your love for your wife will do. 
The love for your wife and your home, according to this scripture, is comparable to Jesus' love for his church. He says to do it as Christ loved the church and gave himself. This is a massive thought here. Look at verse 26. That he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. That he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. One of the greatest abilities that God has given to you, my brothers in this house today, is that you live for your family. It's one of the greatest gifts you've been given, that you live for your family. Just like Christ gave himself for the church, just like he gave his life, so you give your life for your family, for your wife, and for your children. This is not just something, just a, one more thing to manage in life. But we live our lives for them. Understand that the wife, he who finds a wife, finds a good thing, right? And children are a heritage from the Lord. These are gifts in your house. So before you go out there to win the world, win your house first. Right? That's your number one responsibility is that wife and children. Amen. First and foremost, I'm grateful that my father, growing up in a pastor's home, I had the unique lifestyle of being a preacher's kid. I, years later, it took me time to really understand just how, just how great an upbringing I, I had, just how blessed I was to have the kind of father that I have and the mother and, and grow up in the kind of home we did because my dad wasn't just a preacher. He lived the preaching. And he was a family man. He took, he, took us, he took me and my brother outside and we played and we, 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 we threw the football. And we played basketball all the time. Well, that was our favorite sport. We played basketball. It seemed like almost every night he, he nailed up a, 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 a backboard. He, first of all, he made the backboard because it's too cheap to go to Walmart and buy one. But, you know, <laughs> built this out of plywood, which was made even more special, you know. But, and we played for hours every evening just off that garage that he, when he, they pinned it to. I don't know how he got it up there, but he, he's an Okie, so he figured it out. And got that thing up there, and we would play hours and hours. I, I spent all that time with my dad. And I was, we were never neglected as kids by our father. And he poured himself into the ministry, but he poured himself into the family. And I learned something really awesome about that. Because I had friends also that were preacher's kids, and their daddies weren't around. Because their daddies had the mindset that, that he would sacrifice his family at the altar of the ministry. And their kids are running amok. Their kids are going off. They're the ones that give PKs that reputation. Not me. No, I mean, we were, we were just not neglected. <laughs> Easy now. <laughs> we were, we, Shane knows me. He's known me since, yeah, he knows me too well. <laughs> too well. But we were, I, I'm grateful to God for that because I, I really, I didn't understand how, how important that was and how, how great it was until now that I have children, I understand that is not easy to do, ladies and gentlemen. It is not an easy thing to pour yourself into your family. And you have to make a conscious effort to do it. You have to stay in it. You have to stay involved in your family. You have to stay involved. You just have to be there. Are you hearing me? Right? And, and work too. <laughs> There's no way to calculate the impact that we have on our wives and children when we open up our hearts to them 
and love them. We've emphasized the importance of a mother's love and children and have minimized the importance of a father's love for their family and children. And gentlemen, you have to tell your wife and your children that you love them. Don't just assume that they know it. Tell them that you love them. Open your mouth and express yourself. Tell them that you love them. And then do actions that prove it. Amen. Look at the power of this. Jesus has elevated us to an amazing level, amazing place that our children, that our love for our families is like Christ's love for his church. My, my love I have for my wife and children is like the love that Jesus has for his church. Wow. Now listen, some of you guys here today, you might be in here today and your, your marriage didn't make it and that you have kids out there and the law has minimized your ability to, to have impact on them and to have time with them. But don't let your ex and don't let your ex's boyfriend or whoever stop you from doing what you can do as a father. Don't let that stop. Don't let those, heart, those difficulties stop you from showing them love, from showing them grace and giving as much time as you can to them. Are you hearing me? And, and the thing is, you're probably going to have to fight for those moments, those times. Fight for it. It's worth it. Your children are worth it. Your children are worth the investment. Amen. Don't, be, don't become so discouraged to a place where you just give up. Listen, they need you. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Verse 29, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body and of his flesh and of his bones. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother, we talked about this, and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Four times in nine verses here, men are told to love their wives and not one time is the wife told to love her husband. <laughs> You're not off the hook, ladies. There are other places in the scripture where it says that. But here, why? Why does he emphasize the man's love for the wife, the husband's love for the wife. Four times, nothing to her. It's very interesting that, that they're told to respect their husbands, though, right? See that she respects her husband. You know what? In a recent Gallup poll, they asked men what they needed most in life, all right? What they needed most in life. The overwhelming answer was not sex. It was to feel admired and respected. And you know what's interesting? God, who is eons Eons ahead of the Gallup poll, already had this in Scripture. It says, this very thing, wives, see that you respect your husbands. God created the family. He started all this. He knows exactly what makes the man click, and he knows what makes the woman click. Can I get a good amen? He knows that she needs your love. He knows that she needs to feel safe. He knows that she needs to know that you're committed and that you're involved and that you're there. And he knows that man needs to be respected by you wives. And in doing this, what he does in giving us these kinds of instructions is that he points us toward one another, right? He points us at one another, and then he begins to push us together into this oneness that he's called us to. He says that you have what she needs, and she has what you need. 
And in doing this, you become one. So why would God tell the husbands four times here to love? Because husbands, because men just generally have a hard time expressing themselves. By their upbringing, maybe. Maybe they didn't get any of that at home. Maybe just by their their culture or, or their own insecurities. But gentlemen, let me just tell you, you need to change your attitude and your mindset about that. The Scripture is giving you clear instruction here. All right? Can we be men and just take God at his word? Hmm? Do what he says, regardless of how we feel about it, regardless of how we were raised, that we're going to follow God's instructions. All right? Because there's a great blessing in it. Amen. Ecclesiastes 9.9 says, Live joyfully with the wife whom you love all the days of your vain life, which he has given to you under the sun, all your days of vanity, for that is your portion in life and in labor which you perform under the sun. Live joyfully with the wife whom you love. Ladies, you had a good chance to say amen right there. Amen. All right. I have to stop right there. I've got some more to get into, but we'll just jump into it next week. All right? I hope this has helped you today. I've got, I didn't get to my favorite part. That's okay. Everybody bow their heads for just a moment. Father, I want to say thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for this time. Thank you for these families that are here today. God, thank you, God, for their homes, Lord, for their marriages, for their children. And God, I just pray right now, Lord, for the word that we've received today. Lord, I thank you now for the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Christ to be upon your people. Lord, that the men of this house will be the men that God called them to be. That the men will be the husbands that you've called them to be and the fathers, God. Lord, help us to take these instructions and run with them. Not be intimidated by them. Not think they don't apply to us. But Father God, that we'll take them all the way into our hearts and we'll make them the, 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 the very fuel, Lord, that causes our lives to go where you've called us to go. Lord, I thank you in the name of Jesus for the men that are here today. I thank you, God, for charging them, for challenging them, for changing them. Lord, for doing whatever it takes for them to rise up and be the men of God, that you've called them to be the lights in this world, lights in their homes, God, setting the tone, God, for a home that is after God, setting the tone for a home, God, where there is love and where there is joy and where there is affection and there is life. Their children, God, will be like olive plants at the table. Lord, their wife will flourish in every everything that she does. Hallelujah, Lord, because he's empowered them with her love, even as Christ empowers the church with his love. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord. And I speak grace to these families. And I speak peace to these families through God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together this morning. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We want to invite you to join us in service Sundays at 9.30 or 11 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Go to onecausechurch.com for locations and events. You can also like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at One Cause Church.